Yo, what's up, y'all? I need y'all to check out The Voice of Motown for all your West Virginia Mountaineer news and info at thevoiceofmotown.com. That's thevoiceofmotown.com. The book exchange has big markdowns on name brand WVU gear this month. With the largest selection of WVU gear in the state, you'll find the best deals on Mountaineer gear for men, women, and kids plus souvenirs, textbooks, and so much more. Shop local and save when you use the code TRUCKBRIAN at checkout for an additional 25% off your next order, plus free shipping. It's an amazing deal. Again, the code is TRUCKBRIAN for 25% off order at bookexchangewv.com. The Book Exchange, where Mountaineers go since 1934. Live from Morgantown, West Virginia, home of the Mountaineers. Brought to you by the Voice of Motown at voiceofmotown.com. It's the Truck Bryant Show. When you tap into the hottest basketball podcast on the planet... Your energy better be unmatched. If it's not, you'll be clipped to L.A. Not L.A. Clippers, not L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clipheen. We're not doing that, gangsta. The energy in here is always unmatched. So listen up and take notes because homework is due tomorrow at noon. Here's your host, Mr. Unmatched himself, Truck Bryant. This is Truck Bryant, a.k.a. Mr. Unmatched. I'm back, man. Season two. I'm back. Today, I'm going to have my boy Jason Thompson. Had a great career in the NBA, NBA vet, eight seasons. And then we're going to have my boy John Lucas, the third. Y'all already know what's going on. It's going down. Wow, Jason Thompson is here. Yes, sir. What's good, my boy? What's up with you, man? Chilling, man. Just uh, trying to, you know, stay focused on this this daily grind of uh, COVID, man. It's, it's the longest time I've been away from a basketball, uh, you know, around the game, man. So it's just it's just different. I trust me. I I know all about it, man. It's been tough, man. It's it's been crazy. So since since we since we're talking about that, how has it how has it been how has it been for you with gyms and stuff, and uh, just 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 your workouts in general? Yeah, so uh, you know it's been kind of crazy. Like I'm from I'm from New Jersey, um, you know, born and raised. Even went to college out there in Ryder or whatever. Um, I have my own gym uh, in the practice facility at Ryder, but you know, due to New Jersey rules and stuff like that, you know, it's tough to just have access, especially since it's officiated with a college. Um, so you know how the rules and stuff like that go, you know, when it comes to the schools and stuff. So, uh, me, you know, living out here, um, and then living in PA or whatever, you know, like I said, the rules are kind of similar compared to, you know, other States. So, you know, I found ways and stuff like that to, to get it in, but I would say, out of all summers, you know, especially me coming into my 13th year um, as a pro, like this is the most outdoor workouts that I ever did. And, 
and I'm sure you know, you know, the older you get, you know, you ain't trying to be the you know, worst side on the black top and stuff like that. But you know, just to be versatile and find different ways um, to get right. Um, so when it's time to to you know get back to business, uh, everything is sharp. Hey, it's, that's funny you said that because you talking about playing outside and working out outside. The older you get, the worse it gets. Facts. Yeah. Hey, so you mentioned you mentioned Rada, right? You mentioned Rada. I know Rada. I, I know, I, I know <laughs> a basketball player for real. I know. You went to Rada. Why? Because this the I'm asking you this question because you played in the NBA for a while. Yeah. So you know, during that time, it was okay. All the big schools you go to. So you end up going to Rada. Why well, Rada? for me, you know, I was like a late bloomer. Um, you know, growing up in Jersey or whatever, like I grew nine inches in high school. So for the most part. You know, I was a guard um, and, you know, I was like that guy, like that three point specialist and, and drawing a lot of energy. You know, my goal was to get, you know, you know, at least six to, to eight three pointers a game and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was that type of like specialist and stuff. Um, 5'11 at Lenape High School freshman year. Then I went from 5'11 to 6'3 my sophomore year. Um then in my junior year, I went to six. I brought up to six six. So I go from being a guard to the That's starting crazy. center, and I'm like, you know, six six, one seventy, if that. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I got all yeah. these, you know, guard abilities, and now I'm starting to, you know, get taller. So now I'm like, all right, I gotta expand my game. I gotta work on post game. I gotta work on mid range. Um, you know, I gotta work up all these things and. You know, back then, more of it was, oh, you know, it's going to take a minute for uh, guys to change their game to make them in that type of player. But now you look at the game, versatility is the biggest tool. So I took that to my yeah. advantage. So then when I go into my senior year, I'm 6'8", and I'm, I'm 190, still <laughs> probably no muscle on my body at all, but... I'm starting to come into my own, spread the floor, hit threes, you know, running the floor, um, you know, at a high level, um, you know, dunking on cats and stuff like that. So, you know, going from a guy coming off screens and trying to be a three-point specialist to trying, you know, 6'8", 180, uh, being versatile. So, for to me to say That's that crazy. is where I was still trying to grow into my body and learn my game. So, the mid-major schools like Ryder, Siena, uh, Central Connecticut, Quinnipiac, um, and like you said, the Novas and stuff wanted me to kind of redshirt and grow into my body because they seen the potential. But I was a type where, man, I never really sat out like that. I was like, man, I'm ready to go. That's tough. That's tough. Hey, that, that, people don't understand how tough of a, a transition that is. Like from going from a guard to a center, like that's tough because I went from a center to a guard. You know, when you're young mm-hmm. and you're the biggest on the court, you got a right. center. So. That's crazy. I don't understand. And at how that time, those centers were legit centers, like Shaq and Elijah. You know what I'm saying? Like post I got you. looking I got you. on you. Now centers are, you know, pulling up from half court and stuff like that. That was unheard of. You know what I mean? So, to, like you yeah. said, that transition is it was different. But like you said, trying to make the best of it. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, so we're gonna go to the NBA. You done with Ryder? You in the NBA? Right, you've been you've been in the NBA for a while. What what was your, what was your worst moment? What was your best moment in the NBA? 
mean, I would say just the best was, you know, coming out of Ryder and, and being a lottery pick, you know, 12 overall, man. And like you said, I mean, going up. You got to put your phone closer. Oh, you can't hear Hey, me? you was fine before. Yeah, you, there you go. You're right there. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, I would say, like, one of the best would be just, um, you know, coming from a small school and being a lottery pick, man. You know, like I said, I mean, it's a blessing to be drafted, but, you know, for me to go up, a lot you know, of that's tough. That high and stuff like that, man. I mean, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was a blessing. And like you said, you know, I, at that time I was projected to kind of be in the mid to late first round. We were going to go to a more established team, learn the ropes and, and go from that. But, you know, when you're a lottery pick, you're going to a team that needs you right away. Um, uh, you know, yeah. so like you said, I mean, you know, it, it was a it was a blessing. I grew up. I mean, I was in Sacramento for for seven seasons, man. So, I mean, we didn't oh, experience me, a know. lot. I know. Yeah, I would say we didn't experience a lot of winning. Um, but like you said, it's just a lot of great memories of of different plays and uh, different moments. Um, and like I said, I would say probably the best was when I was against the Clippers. You know, I had a uh, I think a 23 point and 22 rebound 2020 game, um, you know, at a high level against a, a you know a great Clipper team. So I would say that that comes to mind. And what what was your worst moment in the NBA? Uh, I mean, it's tough. Like I said, you know, for me and a lot of people really don't know. It's like you know when you're with one organization, uh, you know, it's a blessing. I became the longest tenured in Sacramento King history of playing games and stuff. So. I had seven different coaches in seven seasons, you know, and that's, Yo, that's any amazing. level that's unheard of. Uh, so, you know, for me, you know, and then I get traded, I ended up going to Golden State, and I feel like, you know, the approach of, you know, playing a lot of minutes and, you know, playing 20 to 30-plus minutes as a starter, you know, on an organization, and I feel like I could have handled it better you know, with trying to play in a role of on a championship team. You know, I wasn't used to yeah. not yep. playing as much and, and being focused. So I felt like if I could have locked in more, a little bit more, and took, you know, more of a backseat and, and learned and stuff, I could have, uh, you know, gelled with that team better. So if anything I could take back is, is how I approach, you know, with that team. And I should have took it a, a, different, a different aspect. Yeah, but that's that's really you to say that. A lot of people won't. That's really you to say that. Hey, so you 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 play you playing in China now, right? How's that going? What's the toughest transition from the NBA to China? Well, it's cool, yeah. So uh, due to COVID, like I said, like the first time me playing outside of the NBA, I played in China, um, and then this year I played uh, with Marbury's team. And like I said, I feel like China is similar uh, style kind of compared to Europe, just because it's more running gun. Um, you're putting up numbers, you're playing your game, you know, you show for guys like myself and other guys, you know, it shows your versatility. You know, most of the time you have a guard, foreigner guard and foreigner big. And, you know, for you to survive, you got to win and you got to put up numbers. Um, so, like I said, you know, for most of, you know, my time and career and stuff like that, um, depending on the situation, you know, that's my game of running gun and, and hooping like that. So, like you said, I mean, obviously the level of competition is not like the NBA and, and Euro League is a little bit different when it comes to Europe. But, um, you know, that style of play is di different. And then due to COVID, I changed teams and I played in Spain uh, this past season for Zaragoza. That's tough. Um, and like you said, I mean, I had been in Europe one other time. So, like you said, the transition from NBA to China to Europe 
um, is different. Uh, but like you said, man, it's all high-level basketball, and you always want to – if you can continue to play and you're still in shape and stuff, man, I always tell, you know, young kids, man, keep playing for your dream because once you're done, man, it ain't no really turning back. That is a fact. That is great advice. Hey, you 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 might not know, but I do one on ones in my live, mm-hmm. uh, in my Instagram live, and I didn't had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Jr. Smith, Tobias Harris, Lance Stevenson, Matt Bond. Step, I, I can't yeah. the picture. All right, I need you on my live. That's one. Second, second. What's next for you? What's next for Jason For me, Thomas? I mean, like I said, COVID, COVID's been tough. Um, you know, so, you know, as long as I can still continue to play at a high level, um, you know, for me, it's not about like, you know, because like you said, a lot of people say talent-wise, like, hey, man, you know, you still have opportunity to go to the league. Like, for, I never put that out of context. You know, if the right situation is there, then I'll go. Because um, like you said, and you said it too, you know, I've been, I'm a vet. You know, I've been in the league eight years um, and seen success and, and know the ins and outs of the league. So, for me, it's not about me just yeah. having a jersey and being on a squad. Like, if I'm going to be on a team, I'm going to be able to produce you play. and do what I'm used to doing, like you said. So, like I said, if that opportunity is there, then I'm going to be all for it. You know, if something in Europe or in China is there, then I'm going to, you know, play at the highest highest level and the, and the best opportunity for me. Cause like you said, it's not about just training and working and just being on a squad. You know, I got to be able to play the game. I love. That's tough. Hey, last question. Who was the toughest person? <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. <laughs> yo. Like I would say like for versatility wise, and it's a great question. You know, I would just say like, especially in my prime, I'm, you know, I play power forward and center. So it's like, pick your, Poison. You know, I'm playing against Prime Dirk, you know, Aldridge, Tim Duncan, Blake, and, and you know, and, like, I'm in the West. So, even in my division, it, like I said, it was the Clippers, so you're playing against Blake. Then you're going against the Mavs. Then, you know, you're playing Dirk. Then you're playing Portland. You're playing L.A. Then you're playing uh, the Lakers. You got Paul Gasol and Bynum. <laughs> so, so, like, yeah, that's you know what I mean? It, it really is just at the end of the day, I always tell kids and everybody, it's like, regardless of them being at their level, you got to be able to go at them for, to make them play defense. You got to earn, you know what I mean? Make them tired on defense so they can't go as hard on offense. That's a fact. For That's sure. a fact. Yo, my boy, I appreciate you. For sure, man. Me. Appreciate you, you uh, having me on here, man. I, like I said, I, I respect the uh, on here man and uh it, it's getting a lot of buzz for the right reason so all with all due respect appreciate i appreciate that broski it means a lot man appreciate you for sure, man appreciate it all right later wow 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 my dog john lucas third is here what's up my boy what's up chuck how you doing bro bro i'm chilling bro bro hey you are so funny, bro. I swear. <laughs> Hold up the highlights. You ain't playing any smoke. He want to smoke with anybody one on one. Man, you know I just love the game, man. I love, I love uh, being a competitor. I love the, the battle. I just love everything that basketball brings. 
the culture. Um, obviously, I grew up in it, so I got a lot of respect for it. Um, and my um, the game has done so much, just not just for me, but for my family, and it's continued to keep blessing us in a lot of different ways. So I'm always going to make sure I um, keep pushing it in the right direction. That's tough. That's tough. So you so you went to college, you did your thing at Oklahoma State, right? Yeah, I started. Go to the NBA, right? Yeah, I started off at Baylor. Where you started at? Oh, that's tough. So you 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 stayed in Texas first. Stayed in Texas first. I was there when my teammate got murdered by my other teammate. Um, and when the whole scandal. Hold up, hold up, wait, 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 wait. Hold up, your teammate got murdered by your other teammate? Yeah, uh, so that's why I say when basketball, man, basketball really been my life, man. I have gone through everything in this game. The journey has been crazy. Um, I wouldn't change it for nothing. It's it's what made me I the man I am today, how I can stand on all ten toes and stand on what I what I believe in and what I stand for. So um, you know, I started off at Baylor University. Um you know, I wanted to um, – I had offers from everybody in the country, but I played tennis in the summertime. I really didn't play basketball in the summer like all the other kids did. Uh, that's my second favorite sport. Yeah, okay. Well, for sure. So I was top 50 in the country in tennis, top eight in the state of Texas. Um, and I was supposed to go to college on a double scholarship for tennis and basketball. But when I got to college, I wanted just like um, – almost like at the basketball season over, I kind of wanted to be a, a student, you know, just a regular student athlete, just enjoy – college life so I kind of like put the tennis on the back burner and uh focus more on basketball but um I started off at Baylor uh with coach Bliss and two of one of my really close friends we decided to all go there together uh Lawrence Roberts and Kenny Taylor um we're all from the city of Houston Lawrence Roberts and I actually went to the same high school um for one year then he transferred to our rival school so I had two other NBA players on my high school team, uh, Mecca o- Okafor, who was the number one pick, and Lawrence Roberts, who played for Memphis Grizzlies for three years, and then myself, who played 10 years in the NBA. So we was all on the same high school team at one point until he transferred. So we we all decided at first we all wanted to go to University of Houston. It was myself, Daniel Ewan, TJ Ford, Lawrence Roberts. Yeah, want to yeah we want – Want we wanted to kind of remake the five Samba Jamma back in the day and okay. stay at home and bring the city back up how it was back then. But at the time, uh, University of Houston didn't recruit any of us. He only mm. recruited East Coast guards. That's um, crazy. So we all went our separate ways. Uh, TJ ended up going to University of Texas. You know I know all of this, but this is for the people. So you, yeah, you talk. I, I know you, know, I know you done your homework. Guy. And Daniel ended up going to Duke. Uh, Mecca went to UConn, and then Lawrence, myself, and Kenny, we end up going to Baylor. So we, the uh, Lawrence, so us four stayed in the state of Texas. TJ went to you know the rival school right up the street off I uh, thirty five to UT. Okay. So we get there freshman year went pretty good. Led the city, led led Big Twelve and um scoring for freshmen. Got first team, you know first team all Big Twelve freshman team and all the. But we was just we was uh-huh. terrible. We took we took yeah. a lot of L's. Because we had a coach that really didn't know how to coach horses, didn't know how to coach thoroughbreds, and we was running flex offense every possession. Sure. Um, that don't work. That don't work with talent. No, don't work with talent. But you know, so then sophomore year comes. You know, he decided that he's gonna change up a few things, and we're gonna get to running. And we had a couple of transfers come in. 
that was going to help us out the following year, which was one uh, Patrick yeah. Dennehy who transferred from New Mexico. And then we had Carlton Dawson who came from Paris Junior College. Tall T came from MCC Junior College. Well, Terrence Thomas, I call him Tall T. Um, and we was going, okay, our junior year, we're going to be rocking. That's how we think. And we also had mm -hmm. a kid that went to uh, – his name was Ellis Kid out of Dallas, really could shoot the ball, transferred in from Baylor too. So sophomore year went good until maybe the last 10 games. I was leading the team in assists and scoring again. And in the last 10 games, I just did not play anymore. Shut me down. Yeah, that's and, great. Um, I love you. All right. I was – You're a competitor. competitor. You're a competitor. Competitor, and he didn't give me a reason why. So in practice, practice used to be boring to me because I used to just kill. Walk through it. Uh, I just yeah. kill my our backup point guard, right? Um, and I used to start talking noise just so I can get through practice because it was boring. So I didn't mean any harm by it. Um, and yeah. I didn't mean no – you know, he even – my teammate knew I didn't mean anything by it because I'm always like, oh, you can't guard me. But then we always shaking up. Like he hit a tough shot. Yeah. yeah regular. And so one day the coach – Dave Bliss came up and I was into my bag a little bit talking um talking trash, trying to get through the practice, you know. And uh he just stopped practice one day and he was like, um, yo, you think you this and that, you think you all this, you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. And we already been bumping heads, right? Like I said, I ain't played in 10 games, so a lot of anger, a lot of um was built up inside of me. So I felt like he was trying to like belittle me like put me down kind yeah. of in front of everybody. So I was just like, hey, coach, you know what, man? I wasn't raised with a silver spoon in my mouth. It was platinum. <laughs> That's some shit you were saying. And, well, <laughs> I was just saying, like, platinum's the highest metal. So if you're going to try to, like, you know, I understand you think. If you're going to try to play me, at least come correct, correct, right? So kick mm -hmm. me out of practice and, um. I was like, cool. You know what I'm saying? I've already talked to my dad. I was already transferring anyway in my mind. I was just trying to yeah. get through, like, not do nothing to mess up my reputation or do anything to harm, you know, the person I've always been. So kick me yeah. out of practice. So I just walk out. He come chase me down, grab me. I kind of slung him up off me. And I say, yo, you can, you know, talk crazy to me. You can say whatever you want to say. Don't touch just me, Just don't touch me. I have, you know, I got little man syndrome. So I'm like, don't touch me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we got into it. I ain't going to go into detail with it, but we got into it. And, um, you know, I called my dad. He was coaching the Cavaliers at the time, and I was telling him what was going on. And my dad is an ultimate. He's my father first, but he's also, like, a coach, too. So he yeah. was more mad at me about how I reacted and what I did instead of um, what he said, what the coach exactly. said to you. So I was like, nah, you don't understand. It's been going like on like this for like two months, three months. Like just tell them everything that had happened. Hey, John mm -hmm. Lucas. Hey, John What's Lucas. Up? I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know I could talk to you about basketball all day. Mm -hmm. Real talk. Because I, I know you're a real one and you could hoop. So I could talk to you. It's crazy. I could talk to you about basketball all day. For sure. That's, I mean, that's what hoopers do. We, I mean, every day my conversations are about, about basketball. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. So, so you so you get to Bella, right? My fault, I cut you off. Yeah, you get, no, we you get, get to Bella. Right. Uh, the conversation with your dad, mm -hmm. and um, and I and so my dad was like, "Man, go in there and talk to him and see. Like, it got to be handled differently. Go in there and talk." 
And at the time, I had the little chirp next. I had a Nextel phone, right? The little chirp, and it, and it, <laughs> with the, with the loud right. And I had the, you know, you can record on there. So I record, I record. Oh. I went in there, talk like, Coach, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I did, you know, for not be playing anymore. And this and that, he just starts going crazy. Like, you think you're gonna transfer? I'm gonna make it, make the next two years of your life a living hell. Woo 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 woo. Just talking crazy. So I was like, okay, cool. I said, that's all I needed. So I pulled my phone out and stopped the recording. I said, cool. So I walked out, right? So we had like a couple Mm -hmm. more games, Big 12 tournament and stuff. I didn't play. And everybody was like, well, why he not playing? Like asking questions. So he he like, I could not talk to the media. Like when the media was asking for me, he put a mute on me. Like I couldn't talk. Yeah. So I left it alone. So then my dad gets fired. So he's coming to the games, right? And so – um, my dad used to sit right behind the bench, right? And then the newspapers came out because we wasn't winning. They and they wanted his like asking for his job and stuff. So my dad, they was like, "Man, how crazy would it be if Coach Lucas comes here and coach Baylor University with his kids?" So then the next game, they had my dad and them up in the nosebleed section after that article came out. That's crazy. Like, like you, you spend game right now. That's right. Crazy. You know, you know, you play college. Your your coaches control the team. Oh, I know. Okay, so every everything. So being the dope right. So my dad, being who my dad is, he like man, fuck that. Like, I'm gonna sit where I always sit. So he go back down and sit, and he saw the change, right? And we and mm-hmm. we never could understand why the change happened and what I did or anything until like maybe a year and a half ago. And I would, and I said, I told my dad because it always bothered me. I never had a coach not like me. I never had a coach not, and I've always been the type of person like I just always wanted to be coach. Like I know I'm knowledgeable yeah. in the game, but I would never like try to disrespect. Like I think I know more than you. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously you yeah. Been, yeah, right. So I was like, I just always wanted to be coach, right? And it come to find out, like a year later. I was like, you know what? My dad and I was sitting down one time just talking ball like we always do. And I was just – my dad was like, you know what it was with your Baylor situation? I was like, man, what is it? Because I can't put my finger on it. And I've been out of school for almost damn near 15 years now. He said he didn't know how to coach a rich black kid. Mm. And I was like, hmm. He said, what do you mean? He was like, most coaches – help people out like most players need something like tennis shoes or something he was like you you didn't need nothing from him so he didn't know how to react and to relate to you because you you never came to him for nothing see that's tough and and it kind of put closure with me well i don't even think about that you know coach bliss like that anymore because i was like cool like it was like that conversation put closure to what I've dealt with all these years at the Baylor thing, because now I get to the summer of me about the trans summer of me transferring, and mm-hmm. my dad used to let everybody come stay at our house in Cleveland or wherever we was at if they was on my team, and we'll get that good quality work in with the pros. Like he'll have yeah. like a little mini camp, and then he'll bring us in, and we'd be scrimmaging against the pros. And that's the year Carton and all them was supposed to be playing, so. We flew everybody back home and note that we, my, my pops and I used to fly everybody to us. Like nobody came out of pocket for nothing. Yeah. And 
so we get that work in, get that team, you know, everybody stayed at the house. Mom's cooked. She loved the fact that all the, you know, everybody was there. And um, so Pat ended up going missing. And they called me saying, um, yo, have you seen Pat? I'm like, nah, I ain't seen him since he's left us from working out. Ooh, so they was like, oh, he probably went to go visit his girlfriend, you know, whatever. Well, long yeah. story short, come to find out, uh, one of our, our teammate, Carlton Dotson, ended up killing Patrick Dennehy in the field in Waco, Texas, and then drove the car all the way to Virginia Beach and tried to plan it on somebody, tried to plan the whole thing on one of the new incoming guys named Harvey Thompson that was coming into Baylor University the next year. That's crazy. That's a crazy ass story. And the coach tried to cover all this up, in which I felt out of all disrespect, never he's not a man to me, nothing, because he tried to make my man Patrick Dennehy as a as a drug dealer, which he wasn't, to cover up him cheating, cover up him hiding, and it's somebody who's not even here to defend themselves and you're you're messing up their character. Yeah, that, yeah, that's crazy. And um and at the time of the funeral, I was at flight camp, Michael Jordan flight camp, where all the top kids in college used to go to Santa Barbara and be camp. Yeah, like the like the like the KDs yes. and the, yeah, all those. Well, Michael jo- it was called Michael Jordan Flight Camp. And MJ and them came up to me and was like, yo, you want us to fly you to Oakland for the funeral? I was like, nah, I don't really do funerals that well. And I've already made peace. You know what I'm saying? You know, my my yeah. my, my my man know where my heart's at. You know what I'm saying? And for and yeah. for the coach to go up there and give a, a, a unbelievable speech of how he was a man and how he was gonna make the NBA and all these good things, and then two weeks later, one of my former teammates, RT Green, gave the FBI and the NCAA some recording tapes of Coach Bliss trying to get players to lie for him so he wouldn't get in trouble, hit the scene. And that's when everything crumbled for Coach yeah. Bliss. So I came to Baylor. My mom came and drove up there and they were trying to tell us to hey, y'all should show y'all should stay here, show how much you you love Baylor University and your loyalties to Baylor. I stood right up. I said, man, I'm up out of here. Like, I don't know what y'all talking about. Like, this is crazy to me. I'm gone. And I was originally supposed to go to the University of Memphis with Coach Cal. Okay. It was already set, done. Benito, like, headed to Memphis, you know, ready to go and Darius Washington was coming in the next year. We was going to be in the backcourt together. That's my, that's my man yeah, right there. D. Washington's my man too. So we was going to be in the backcourt together my senior year, his his freshman year. Um, But then the NCAA said that we could transfer into the Big 12 too. At first we could go anywhere without sitting out. And I took visits to Rutgers, Georgia, um, UCLA, Memphis, and then my last visit, I end up going to Oklahoma State once they said that we could transfer in the Big 12. Originally, I wanted to go to the University of Texas. Okay. But Rick Barnes, who's a real one to this day, still a real one to me, was like, look, man, I would love to have you, but I've already made a commitment to Daniel Gibson, who was a kid from Houston who's like my little brother. Yeah. So he didn't want no conflict. So I was like, look, I understand. So I end up – um was training with Victor Williams and Mo Baker, who went to Oklahoma State. They was getting ready for the pre-draft workout with Pops. And it was like, you know who would be the perfect coach for you? Eddie Sutton. Mm-hmm. 
And so I was like, man, nah, you know, Stillwater, that's in Oklahoma. That's in, I'm a city boy. Like, that's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it's eight, and, yes, and it's right. an eight-hour drive from the crib. Like, it's a no-go. And yeah. my dad was like, man, just go take a visit. Just go take a visit. And when I got there, I had braids. You know, I had a grill. You know, I'm strictly Houston. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, wildly, you know. So when I got there. And you and you in college, or you probably was a wild I, I'm in college, like <laughs> you know, all my jury. I had the. I, I was thinking I was AI. I had the jury, all that. Like you know, I'm in Houston. I'm the land of the jury. Like Zoe, Iceman, Nick. They, I've been knowing them since high school. Like all my stuff been official. Yeah. So I'm in high school. I walk up and um throwback jersey on. Had my pop throwback jersey on on, my, on campus, and he was like, "Hey, we love the way you play." But you know, if you if you decide to come here, son, you're gonna have to cut your hair. Uh, we don't we don't allow braids, we don't allow facial hair and stuff like that. On I was like, what? <laughs> and so I and my dad been trying to get me cut my hair for the last what four years, five years because he's mm-hmm. all about image. Like this is what the NBA is about. It's a business. You know, they're trying to change the image if you want to be. So I wasn't trying to hear that. And then my mom is a militant, so she like all black. So she's like, nah, that's just somebody trying to tell you what to do again. And you stand on your toe, you know. So yeah. I had two people going. And at the time, I really didn't trust anybody just because of the situation I just got out of a month ago. True. Right? So when I got – so, but God was talking to me and was like, yo, this is where you need to be. You need to get away from everything in Houston. You need to get away from all your homeboys. You need to get away from just everything. And just be by yourself for one time in your life. And I just listened. And when I got there, I showed up with Braves. And then Coach Sutton kept it a buck with me. He was like, look, man, I'm, I'm going to raise you from a from being a young man into being a man. And he was like, you yeah. want to you wanna be the face of this team? You want When they talk about Oklahoma State, you, wanna, you want your name to pop up and do that? He was like, trust me on this. So – I went home for the weekend, came back, I had a fresh fade. And everything that man everything that man said came true. So so he he was great. He was great he, to you. Man, he's a legend. He's another father figure to me. And I didn't play with him like I played with everybody else. Like I, I didn't joke around with him like because yeah. he, he stood for something a little bit different to me because I knew I wasn't gonna be able to get away with a lot of the things I used to being able to get away with. Get away with it. Yeah. I so when you. I was in practice talking noise, he ain't do me like the other coaches. He he knew one person that could get to me and put me in check right away. Yeah. So I'm in practice going crazy, scoring. You know, I'm talking noise like Tony Allen, you can't hold me defensive player of the year, boy. You trash. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a bucket yeah. on you right now. And all of a sudden I hear my dad, because they call me Hoss. That's what we call each other. My dad yells across the court, hey Hoss, let me talk to you. I didn't even know he was going to show up. I didn't even know he was coming. Yeah. And he was like, let me holler at you. Let's come in the locker room. I'm like, yo, what's up, Dad? What you doing? I got straight A's. He's like, I know I ain't in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, Man, why you got these people calling me and saying you up here acting a plump fool? Don't don't let me come back up here. We're going to have some issues. I was just like, mm. say no more. Say and no then more. we walked out, and my dad told Coach He said, Coach Sutton. You ain't going to have no more problems out of him. That's and I tough. looked at Coach Sutton and I said, you mother. <laughs> <laughs> you really told my mother. Yeah, but it kept me at. I tell you, because, like, when I got there, man, 
I stayed by myself. I was the only person on the team. And I was a walk. I had to pay my junior. I wasn't even on scholarship because they didn't have no more scholarship. Yeah. So I paid my junior. I was a walk-on. Getting to it. Get Walk-on with Big 12 Player of the Year, first-team All-American, John Naismith Ward, uh, won the Big 12, yeah, Big 12 regular season, Big 12 tournament, and then we made it all the way to the foe. My junior year, and I was a walk on it. Yo, I didn't. Yo, that's crazy. I, I see. I got to do my homework. I didn't know you had a final four. I got one. Yeah, too. I got. We lost by one to Georgia Tech. And if we would have won, I would have played a Mecca Okafor and UConn, Ben Gordon, and Talik Brown in them in the finals. Yeah, yeah, that would have been tough. That'd Real been tough. tough. So then, with that, when all that happened, like at O State, I got like my first three weeks, I got in like seven fights. Football players, a couple of my teammates, I didn't trust nobody. Hold up, wait, 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 wait. Why are you on this topic? And before I forget, why basketball players never mess with I never fucked with the football players at West Virginia. I only my freshman year. That was it. Other than that, I did not. It was a few that I rock with, but you know, you gotta think about it, man. Like I had a lot of swag in college, right? Yeah. So in basketball, the reason why I feel like basketball players don't get along with football players, like we don't wear helmets, so everybody on campus know who we are. I yo, you know what? I don't even want to hear no more about this because I say the same <laughs> thing. Y'all but, know who I am. I am on ESPN. Right. Every day. But my thing was because of the girls. Like I used to all they Mine all they too. girls used to want to holler at me and I'd be like, I'm gonna go. Like, yeah, what's up? And you know me, I got three fifty <laughs> I got three fifteens in the trunk. I'm on twenty-four inches. You know, I'm a <laughs> I, I ain't no country boy. Like I'm a city boy, so I brought that to the to Oklahoma State, like I brought, you know, every time I played, my homeboys used to fly yo, you, up yo. <laughs> for the game. Yo, you was, yo, you was, yeah. Crazy. And I had my own apartment. <laughs> I I didn't share an apartment with anybody, so I used to get into it with them all the time. And I ain't really know about like Kappas, Alphas, and Omega. You know, I knew my grandfather. Yeah, all, all the and class. so I ain't, I ain't know like you can't walk in between. Like if they're doing the little strut, I didn't know you can't like break the line. I ain't know that. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I seen like my first, the first joint I got into, I seen a, a joint that I wanted to holler at. So I cut through the middle. I wasn't about to walk around, cut yeah. through the middle, and then Buddy put. Yeah, that's a big right, problem. So Buddy bro. pushed me, and then me and I was like, turn around, like man, what, what's up? And I just stole him. Ah. And then Ta jumped in with me, and then David, my all my teammates, it was like a big basketball football thing, and they all got in trouble. But I've always been the one to get away. Like I started and then I duck <laughs> off. <laughs> so while, while everybody running, I'm the only person who was at my apartment, so I ain't getting in trouble because I ducked off. Like yeah. I hit the back door and I just left. So out the door, out the door, <laughs> and so everybody got in trouble, but me. But then like coaching was like, "Yo, why? What's wrong with you? You're angry." And my my whole thing was like, "Yo, y'all gotta remember where I just came from. I come from being one, two, three family." To where this family kills this family, like I'm not trusting nobody around this situation. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, my it. one of my my best friend today, my brother. I don't even call him my best friend. He's my brother, Tony Allen. Every day used to come knock on my door. Doom, 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 doom. And I'm like, man, what do he want, man? This man knock on my door every day at the same time. Just want to hang. Just want me to go hang with the team. Because at first I was alone. I was by myself. And and yeah. one day I was just like, man, fuck, I'll come hang with y'all, man. And he was like, oh, we going to need you, bro. We can do something special. And and all of a sudden, if it wasn't from him, I probably still would have had a brick wall up. But he's the one who stepped, kept knocking that brick wall down. That's what, hey, that's what real brothers For do. For sure. Yo. 
So he was the bit he hey. was the best man in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding. So, oh, that's yeah. tough. I yeah, I know that was I didn't know that was that close. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Hey, hey, John. Hey, who's the toughest player you had to guard in the NBA? In the NBA, Lou yeah. Will. He's a bucket. Come on, man. That's the the party platter. That is the party platter. That's the... He said he got fifty pieces. I mean, I, I never guard him in the summertime, so I know he's even crazier in the pro ams. In the but summer, and in, in the league, he's the only person that really gave me fits. Where, like. I couldn't stop him or I couldn't even speed him up or I couldn't like, you know, even if I pick him up full court, he was like always under control. Like, and it yeah. was like, but on the other end, he couldn't guard me either, but I could not guard him, but I could take, I was cool with Chris Paul, cool with Kyrie, cool with Dame and all them other and Steph and them, but he's the only person that just, just a bucket. Just a bucket. Like I couldn't. And then the second person would be Drew Holiday. Yeah, hey, I know he's different. He's in my class, actually, in class yeah, 08. Drew, Drew's different. Drew played both ends of the court. Drew's different. That's a fact. Drew's different. Definitely do. Drew's different. Hey, hey, hey John, you've been, the, you've been in the NBA for 10 years. Mm-hmm. What was your worst moment in the NBA? What was your best moment in the NBA? My worst moment? Man, I, I, yeah. I mean, I got a, I got a few. To, man, my worst memory was when my man D Rose tore his ACL. That was the, that was everybody. Worst, but I'm worst saying that MVP that, that, was, that was one of my worst because that no, was know. my yeah. brother and and me and him. We 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 got we go a long, long, long way that most people don't know about. But if most people would think it would be the whole LeBron thing jumping over me, but. That that that's basketball to me. Like, hey, hey, bro, I ain't gonna act like you ain't just say that. LeBron really jumped over you, bro. So come on, yo. Man, you ain't yeah. see him? No, because I was guarding Mario and Rip Hamilton was guarding him, and they run this play, same play they ran this year when Derrick Derrick Jones jumped over Buddy Head, same exact play on the same exact side, same basket. It's a play they run where the back screen comes, and if the person guarding the person who said the back screen don't switch, then I would have to drop back because the defensive principle. Yeah. And that's when they throw the hoop. And when they threw the hoop, I just looked up and I just saw some feet by my head and he dunked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't no more negative. No, it, it ain't Who's really negativity, but that's just that's just <laughs> basketball, man. It's like my dad always my that dad is. always tell me, man, there's no versions in basketball, man. You're gonna get crossed up, you're gonna get dunked on, you're gonna be embarrassed at one point. If you ain't if you ain't had none of that stuff happening to you, you ain't been playing basketball long enough. Or oh, definitely not with no, oh, real, no hoopers. real hoopers. Uh, then my best moment, I have two, man. My first NBA start when I when I scored uh, 20, uh, 25, 8, and 8 against the Wizards. That was my first NBA start. My next moment was probably be uh, when we played Miami Heat two weeks later after being dunked on. I got my get back. And the reason why I say D-Rose, me and him go deep, because D-Rose is supposed to be coming back that game and i and i called him i said yo poo hey i need for you to sit this game out and he was like what you talking about i'm 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 a player i said no i need to catch my i need to get my fade back and he was like (laughs) and he was like i say no more he killed g i said i got you g and it was and it was over i only missed like one shot that game 
but my man but my, against Miami Heat. I had to get my get back. That's when I had twenty four. Oh, 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 you had to get. Oh, you had to get your get back versus Braun doing that. He was. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I said I, I had get to it. get my fade. <laughs> I, I said I got to get my fade back. And and the world's a real one for that. That's what I said. Me and him go back. So I called him, and they were trying to get him to play that game. You know, because we was in the play, like we was battling for one and two seed for the for the yeah. uh, Eastern. You know, for the playoff. And I told him because you know yeah. everybody on the Bulls that year, everybody knew they rolled right. I knew my role. If D Rose and CJ was healthy, I won't play. If one of them guys was out, I was playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So ev- yep. everybody knew their role. And that's what made that team so special. We didn't have no assholes on that team. Everybody was like, okay, the next man down, hey, we got to step up. Like, we're going to hold it down. And that's when we started the whole yeah. bench mob. And um, so I called D and said, yo, D, I, 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 you got to see it one more, bro. You can come back next game when we play the Pacers. But I need I, I gotta yeah. get the he was like, all right, say no. And I was just like, I was I focused. I, and then when Braun switched out on me, I won't pass in that ball. It was me, it was ISO time. It was what you do? Did you get a bucket? I'm, I'm a walking bucket. <laughs> and then I went and yelled in the camera, he can't hold me either. That's tough. And then my dad That's called me tough. and said, I had an out-of-body experience. Like I need to relax. It's <laughs> <laughs> always going to be that one person to keep you humble. That's my pops. Keep you humble. That's my pops. That's your pops. But your pops is, your pops is a legend. Appreciate that, bro, bro. So, your, your pops is a legend. Everybody know that, obviously. He, your pops is a legend. But This is about you, so we're not going to bring your pops up, but your pops is a legend. Appreciate that, bro. Um, but, yeah, those are my, those are my, probably my worst. And then... Those were my best moments, like my like two of them. I had a lot of good moments and a lot of un you know certain moments. Um, but those would probably be the ones. But that summer living in New York changed me though. Changed you to a killer because you was playing against real killers. Not not a killer. It changed me into where I was like my whole entire life. You know, us being from the south, you know, we used to always run and go get the M one mixtapes. Like I never wore yeah. N1s yep. in my life, but I would go purchase a pair of N1s so I could get the mixtape uh, just to see because we wasn't doing none of that stuff down here in Houston. Like, we got athletes down here. We run and jump and, you know, can shoot. But, like, all the moves and the creativity and, like, the culture around basketball, like, that's New York. That's the Mecca, you know, in my opinion. Like, that is just the Mecca. Hearing, it should be the thing. Everybody like, hearing it. my pops talk talk about how and how seeing Julius Irvin playing Rucker and uh being around Lord Daniel Sweet Pea, you know what I'm saying? Him being Sweet, that's my man. That's what's funny. That's Sweet Pea is that's my yeah. man. So I've like I've been around like Sweet Pea used to live with us when he was going through his little situation. My pops put him on the Spurs. Like changed yeah. his whole career around. Like Lord Daniels like I see Lord all the time. I reach out to him every time I come to New York. Leave tickets for him and all that. Um, that's my guy. So, like, hearing stories and like just picking my pop's brain about how he used to come and play in New York and play in the Rucker and play against Earl the Pearl Monroe and and you know listen to them stories, I was just like, bet. And my wife was living in was working in New York at the time, so we was living in Harlem. And my okay. man Eddie Lau, my man Eddie Lau, uh, who's my guy, because I played with Ray for Austin, so you know I got the wife. Skip to my loo. Now I'm his teammate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
and uh and me and Eddie became cool because he him and Eddie played ball together in high school and stuff. So Eddie was like, "Yo, man, um, you want to play in the programs? Like, what you out here doing?" I'm like, "I'm just out here working out." And I was working out with a guy named um I can't even think of his last name right now. I'm mad, but his name Jason. And he had the big Apple basketball that was in Nike Pro City. Jason, yeah, Jason, who who he being Pro City all the time. Right. So I played for him because Eddie loud. Because at first Gold Gym wanted me to play with them, and I'm like, man, who they got on their team? And they had all these pros. I was like, man, I want to play against them. I ain't trying yeah. to play with them. Like, that's not fun. So, um, so I played in Pro City, and I was averaging. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, I played with Jason in uh Pro City too. Okay, it was called Big Apple. His his name is like, yeah, Big Apple Basketball. Yeah. Big Apple Basketball. Yeah. So I played with Jay. So like so. Uh, my first game, I scored fifty in in pro in the pro city. I scored fifty. It was against uh, uh, and I didn't remember this until I started talking noise on your uh on your uh NB, um IG live. live, and somebody was like, "No, nah, he ain't scored fifty on too hard to guard." That was on uh, Ron Artest in Queenbridge. I forgot about that fifty, but that was my first fifty. <laughs> I knew you was so, gonna start talking shit sooner or later. So, so <laughs> no, nah, I'm not talking, but I like I was playing, and I was like, boom, okay, yeah, fifty, boom, and I got interviewed, and I was just like, yo, man, I, you know, I just want to put on for my city. You know, we don't get too much respect in Houston about basketball. We know for football, baseball. So they said this was the best, this was the best basketball. That I had to come see what they talking about, and that was my interview. After, after I scored 50. So then that whole summer in Pro-Am, I averaged 50. That's my tough. highest game. My highest game in Pro-Am and in NYC Nike was 16. That was against KD and Gold's Gym. That's tough. But the night before that, but the night before we played Gold's Gym, I'm I'm chilling at the house with wifey. In in Harlem, we just got done eating at the Harlem, uh, what is that? Har- uh, Harlem Tavern. Right there on 118. Mm-hmm. It was across the street from the building we was living in. And Eddie Lau was like, yo, KD and about to go play in Rucker. They want you to come play against them, right? So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, bet. So I I took I walked down from 118th all the way to Rucker. Right? <laughs> yep. And I, I I I like my I had I ain't have like no hooping shoes, so I stopped on one twenty fifth at a little Foot Locker, brought some little bass, brought some basketball shoes, and just kept it moving. And um, went down there and played. That's when KD had sixty six. And it was a, it was a, um, I had like twenty five, like twenty five, but it was like him yeah, and this whole Jer- DC. Yeah. Huh? Jeremy Hazel was on your team, huh? Yeah, and then some some dude man named Cabby. Who, yeah, that's Jeremy. Okay, Hazel. yeah, he went to see yeah, him. yeah, Cabby. They kept calling him Cabby, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, he was getting buckets that game. I'm like, man, who's this dude? I'm like, he yeah. getting buckets. They kept saying, oh, Cabby, Cabby, boom. So then when I'm, I'm, I'm heating up. So they start calling me Cool Hand Luke because like my name was that at the Nike Pro City. That's what they kept yelling over the microphone at, at um in Nike Pro City, so that was my nickname. Yeah. So they was like, oh, you solidified now in New York. You got a nickname. They done gave you a nickname. You stamped. That's a fact. Once you get a nickname, you stamped. So Cool Hand Luke and everybody know that's the gunslinger from the Western from the Western movies, yeah. right? So uh, so I'm like, damn, KD just dropped 66, and it's crazy. And, like, this before IG, so Twitter was going crazy. And then ESPN picked it up because, you know, it was a lockout year, so not too much basketball was going on. 
Yeah. Um, so then I found out we was playing them the next day at Nike Pro City. You said it's time. And I said, I got to get my fade back. Like, because my pops is coming. He's like, man, you let KD drop 66 on you. Like, they hyping me up back home. Like, man, 66, we see you out there, number 21. Like, calling my jersey number out <laughs> and everything. So I, I'm, I, so I told my pops, I said, yo, just wait till tomorrow. Stay tuned. That's all I said. And then, and then that's, I didn't even that's make the, sick. the 60 ball. But we ended up losing in double overtime. KD hit the game winner, though. So no, That's 60 minutes, son. I don't care. That was revenge. But then hey. It was revenge, but I got to go against a lot of legends. Like, uh, um, I know I'm going to mess his name up, though, but he from he from the Satiano Gangs. Uh, Sunday yeah, Sandiano Gangs. And then uh, Andre <laughs> Barrett. They had Roy Hibbert on that team. They had somebody named Megatron, I think. They they would yeah, they were calling him and then KD and all I, I on my team I had me, my man Sean Sink. Hey, hold up. You you know you know Megatron, right? He huh? plays on Overseas Elite. He plays on over he played on the center yeah. for Overseas Elite. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I just don't know his name. Yeah. But I, Justin Burrell. Yeah, yeah, Justin Burrell. That's who they had, Justin Burrell. And um yeah. and they had, you know, all these guys. And on my team I had the boy from St. John. I can't think of his name. He was a guard, two guard, but I had Sean Singletary, who went to Virginia okay. from Philadelphia. Yeah, Sean Singletary is dumb nice. And, yeah, and we was back there rocking. The game was close. And I was just like, nah, I'm I'm just getting straight to it. Ain't no warming up, ain't none. I'm going right at any and everybody who in front of me because I had, like, Jim Jones and all of them came to watch me play. You know what I'm saying? Because I got cool yeah. with them because being in Harlem, got cool with Jimmy and them, and they know my uncles and them. So they all sitting courtside. I'm just going crazy. And it was like just the atmosphere. The atmosphere was, mm, it was in, the energy in there was crazy. So it just brought the best out of me. And I just took that same energy with me next year to the league when the, when, when um, the lockout happened. I just felt like I was playing pro-am all season. That's tough. That's and I tough. had a coach that was going, I had a coach that was going to let me rock out like that, who like, just was like, no, you if you see a shot, you take it. You a shooter, right? You a scorer, right? Hey, and that's hey, what Thibodeau, I'm happy, that's what I'm Thibodeau happy. did. I'm happy you said that though. Because you that this is the last question I got for you, right? Because I'm I'm happy you said that. So you said that's what Thibodeau did, right? What was mm-hmm. your, you've been in the NBA for 10 years. You're you mm-hmm. a vet. But what but what was what was your your best situation in the league and, and your best organization? It would have to be Chicago Bulls and Detroit Pistons. Why? For both of them. Um, so with the Bulls, Thibodeau, the year I should have won MVP in Summer League, but they, yeah. they gave it to Randy Ford because technically he was a rookie and I wasn't because I played the year before. Uh yeah. and I averaged 28, 8 and 8 in the all of summer league, but they gave him MVP because he was fresh out. He was my head coach of my summer league team, Thibodeau was. Okay. And he ran every play for me, every pick and roll. He said, if I turned out a shot, he'd take me out the game. He was like, you going to be in the NBA. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're an NBA player, yeah. and I'm going to show everybody exactly what you bring to the table. He's like, you're not a point guard. You're a points guard. That's tough. You hear what I said? Yeah, I heard you. Points yeah. guard. You know nothing going you know nothing okay. go over my head. So he was just like, be you. Don't be nobody else. You Just be who you are. And he was like, you know who you need to watch film on and you know who you need to study because that's who you are as a player. 
And I was like, yeah, AI. He was like, hell no. <laughs> he said, Dana Barrows. I remember that name. And I started watching film on Dana Barrows, and Dana Barrows actually played for my pops in Philadelphia. He scored 50-some points when he was with the Sixers. And our games are so similar. So Thibodeau had nothing but the, the next year when I got to the gym, I had like 20 film game tapes of Dana Barrows, all offense, defense, pick and roll, everything. He was like, study that. That's who you are, and that's who you're going to be. So when he – fast forward that, he gets the job in Chicago, and I was playing in China at the time, and I was cool. I'm like, man, forget – I'm like Marshawn Brooks, and I'm like, forget the NBA. Like, I'm over here. I'm getting this bag. They treat me like royalty. My my yeah. face is all over Shanghai. It's 27 million people who know me over here. And it's a yeah. – you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm cool on the NBA, and I'm making NBA money. And, T- yeah. and Tibbs was like, nah, you an NBA player. I'm coming to get you. So he was like, just come to camp, and I know you're going to take care of business. So I came to camp, and, and at first the the president of the GM wasn't really rocking with me like that because I was, you yeah. know, I'm small. But Tibbs was like, nah, we need him. So they actually cut me. Uh-huh. And then Tibbs was like, ah, right, y'all made a mistake. So I'm that whoever y'all try to bring in or y'all want me to take, I ain't taking them because I told y'all who I wanted. So I had somebody riding for me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's and tough. And then me and D Rose used to go at each other every day in practice. So I earned his respect. So D Rose was going to bat for me too. He was like, nah, I need him. He make me better. Like he the only person pick me up full court in practice and try to go right back at me on the offense. Like when he coming with, with the ball. So that's how yeah. respect and the, the, the friendship and all that started with me and D Rose. So they went to bat for me. And then they was like, all right, y'all really want it. We're going to bring them back. So I ended up coming back and I signed for the rest of the year. And I didn't really play that much when we went to the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals, but I knew my role, right? So then the following year, the lockout year, when I really got to show the president the gym what I brought to the table because of all the injuries that was happening, and I held yeah. it down. Like, we, we did not – I think we might have lost only four games when me and CJ was the only ones playing. So they – and I was very efficient in every game I did. So that, that held me down, and then – when it was time to pay me, they they didn't want to pay me what everybody else was trying to pay me. So I ended up went to Toronto for the biggest contract I ever got in my NBA career. And That's tough. that worked out. But then when I got to the Pistons, right, this this how basketball is a family. It's a fraternity, right? So when I played for the Rockets, yep. I played for Jeff Van Gundy and Tom Thibodeau was assistant coach, right? Tibbs get the head job in Chicago. I played for Tibbs, right? So when Tibbs get fired, that year he got taken off. I'm sorry, Tibbs didn't get fired. The year uh, I left, and then the following year, the Pistons needed a point guard because they they lost somebody. And Stan Van Gundy called me and was like, all I keep hearing is great things about you. I'm bringing you in because my brother loves you, which I didn't even know that Jeff really loved me like that because he ain't really rocking me when I was a player. <laughs> and, yeah. he's, and Tom Thibodeau thinks so much of you. He said, if I don't bring you in, I got to be crazy to look at anybody else to come in and run my team. And when I got there, I had a coach that rocked with me the same way that Tills rocked with me. And I had one of my, another great season with them. And the organization was great. So that's the thing about basketball, man. It's like, you got to be in the right situation and be with the right fit, man. Because if not, you can get lost in the sauce. If they, if you don't have nobody who truly knows who you are, man. That's a fact, yo. 
Hey, John Lucas, man, you're a legend, man. You know, you know that. You know that. I could, I could talk to you about basketball all day. You know, you know the culture. Appreciate you tapping in. Man, I gotta hear from you. Appreciate you having me on, Truck Man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing big things for the culture, man. And you know, everybody respected. You had, you done had some of the, the real OGs. Now, I, not myself, but like the real OGs from Stack to Mike Barnes to Jarrell to a lot of real ones tap in on your show, man. So that shows you that you you doing everything in the right way. I appreciate that, broski. Real talk, y'all. I appreciate you. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, obviously, but I appreciate you. Real talk. All right, bro. All right, right broski. Say that. Yo, it is Truck Bryant, a.k.a. Mr. Unmatched, and I'm back with another one. Y'all know the vibes. Like, y'all really know what's going on. Y'all know what's going on with me, like. Today, we're going to have Russ Robinson, Russell Robinson, New York legend, Kansas legend, won a national championship. Then we're going to have Wayne Selden Jr., another legend, you know what I mean? Especially at Kansas. Like, what? Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like, and it's funny that that's like West Virginia rival now, but. Them, them Kansas boys, you always got to give respect when respect is due, and they deserve the utmost respect. It is Truck Bryant, a.k.a. Mr. Unmatched. We back with another one. You know, you want to know what's funny, though, about this episode? This episode hit my heart, right? Because you can, you can tell that I'm very comfortable talking to both of these guys. It's Trayvon Woodall and Shane Southwell, but... Like, what y'all don't know is that I knew these guys since I was younger. They they both professional athletes first. But they both made a transition to college basketball. Like, that's tough. For them to, for them to put in all the work that they put in, basketball-wise, first. One went to Pittsburgh, played in the Big East. One went to Kansas State, played in the Big 12. Like, that's, that, that's entertaining. That's the people... If I was a player, that's the people I'm. That's the people I want to learn from. Like these are the guys, and and I can't thank them enough for tapping in. And we just gonna hear what they got to say. I love both of them. Those are my brothers, and I'm I'm super proud of them. I'll be the first to say it at any given time. It is Truck Bryant, aka Mister Unmatched. We back with another episode. I know it's just work. It's just work. But like all jokes aside, right? I've been enjoying this whole process doing this podcast thing. First time doing it. This this episode right here is not going to be that long. But it's all worth it. You know what I mean? Because when you it's you always want quality over quantity. And I think this is one of the best one of the best episodes right here. I've got my boy, my boy, Arkansas Razorback, New York Nick right now, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis, you know what I mean? Ups and downs, just like anybody else, got through it. That's what you're supposed to do. That's that's what life is about. And um, you know the culture just want the best for him and best of luck to him moving forward. It is Truck Bryant. 
aka Mr. Unmatched. Y'all know what's going on. Like, I, I only give y'all fire episodes. I'm not going to lie, though. This one, this one, this episode is amazing to me, though, because it's two New York guys. One guy where I'm from, the other one I play AAU with him for such a long time. I have Duran Scott on here. We're going to have my son, Malcolm Grant, on here. Malcolm Grant. Let me tell you something about Malcolm Grant, though, right? So, basically, this is what kick-started the live. Me and Malcolm arguing on live. We, we got the whole Brooklyn in there, whole Brooklyn listening. They want to know what's going on. They want to know what's going on. And I'm, I'm the realist. I just... Nobody, I just feel like nobody could fuck with me in basketball. That's what I do. That's what I work hard at. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you you know, y'all know what's going on. But this, at the end of the day, that's my dog. At the end of the day, love is love. Y'all know what's going on, man. It's going to be a great episode right here. Hey, man, look, this is a little bit different. Normally, I'm the one who do all the interviews, but I'm going to let y'all know something about Truck Bryant. Daryl Truck Bryant, that is. So, we get started with this, right? I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm from the hood. Like, I'm from the trenches. I got a degree in college. Graduated high school. That's tough. Like, you know, like, people from where, I, where I'm from, they don't, they, don't get to, they don't get to do that. Well, they don't do it. I'm not going to say they don't get to do it because everybody has choices. And my choice was to go to school and... And become a professional basketball player. My mother, I think my mother did a hell of a job. My mother, my my pops, my pops, John Wilson. It's, it's my dog right there. It's my step pops, but that's like my real pops. Grew up with both of them. But I'm from Brooklyn, born and raised. So we're going to start with this journey. I start, I was not what, nine years old? I was nine years old playing in Coney Island. It's Lance Stevenson, my man LD, Drake, my man Drake, big big Andre. My that's my dog right there. Uh Drake Cow was with me. That's how we grew up. Nine years old. It, it it was it was crazy. Like, I'm j I'm just I just got on here to vent today, so y'all can know a little bit more about me. So I grew up playing nine years old. I was the I was a center. I never I never was a guard. I never was a guard. I was I was always the biggest guy, and that's kind of how I got the nickname. I was in Coney Island when I was nine years old, running people over, getting and ones. And it's funny. I got a funny story because my my boy Drake Cal just brought this up. He said, "Do you remember when you used to always make the hard layups, but always miss wide open layups? That's crazy. I just think about that shit, and I'm like, damn, I came a long way. No funny shit. Like I came a long way." So I'm in Coney Island playing whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm a Brooklyn guy. So I'm about 12 years old now, 11 years old. I end up going to Riverside Riverside Church uh, tryouts. My boy Shasha, Lenny McNeil, like Darvell Carter, all of them. And um, I end up killing and I end up making a team. Next thing you know, we playing AAU versus everybody. So I'm playing against... Gauchos all the time. I'm killing Gauchos, but I'm losing. I'm playing against Chris Fouch. I'm playing against Duran Scott. Uh, my boy Jeffrey Azu. I'm, Drake Howe actually started playing with them. So I um I end up I end up I end up switching teams. I end up switching teams. I was tired of losing. I was trying to win. I end up going to Gauchos. I'm 12 years old. 
playing on Gauchos. Now it's, it's a lot different. I'm playing against Jordan Theodore. I'm playing against Kimber Walker. I'm playing against now Chris Fouch, Duran Scott. They on my team. So that's when it got real tricky because we was nice. I'm talking about nice. We was winning everything in the city. My boy Shasha Brown, shout out to Shasha Brown. He played uh, play with me on Riverside. He coach at Vanderbilt now. And um, I don't know. It was just crazy. It was it was just crazy. So I was transitioning. I, so now I go from I go from the five man to the four man. But you got to remember, I'm still 12 years old. Like you don't understand how hard it is to switch positions. Like so. Anyway, long story short, I end up playing with Gauchos long term. I, I I played with them from since I was 12 years old till I was 17. Or yeah, 12 to 17, 18. No, 17 because that was the end of our AAU summer. So now we older. Now our Gauchos team is stacked. It's me, Jordan Theodore, Chris Fouch, Darvell, Carter, Kimber Walker, Dan Jennings, Kev Phillip, Kurt Lovin. Like we stacked. My boy Cabea Cabongo played with us a little bit. Um, Devin Hill played with us. So mind you, we got like seven high Division One players on this team. This is like arguably one of the best team in, best teams in Gaucho's history. So that summer, my, 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 um, I'm a junior, about to be a senior. Like, we the best team by far. We lost we lost three games the whole summer. And if y'all know AAU, y'all know, like, it's like 60 games, 70 games in the summer. So that was, that was like, pretty impressive. We won Peach Jam, Vegas. We, we won everything, honestly. We won everything. And if you win Peach Jam, you know you're doing something right. But after that, all right, it's my senior year at St. Ray's. I committed my junior year to West Virginia. I committed to West Virginia because it just felt like home. I, I didn't even... As soon as I came on my visit, I only went on one visit. Like that's the crazy thing. I went on one visit. I didn't even take all my visits to the to the colleges I had. And um, it just felt like home. I I'm like, okay, it's Coach Huggins here. Coach Coach Larry Harrison is recruiting me and Coach Huggins. But I just I I knew, I knew that those were great guys, and and it felt like family to me. So I, I had to I had to do this. Hall of Fame coach, where can you go wrong? So I'm in St. Ray's. My, my head coach, Oliver Antigua, my assistant coach, uh, Coach Lopez, great guys. That's my family. That's my family right there. But I'll tell you one thing. Growing up, the per, the one coach that made me a gangster on the court is Tommy Swinton. That's like gaucho days. Everybody in New York know who Tommy Swinton is. But, but all right, St. Ray's, okay, I'm going to West Virginia. I'm one, I'm one of the top players in New York. And at that time, this was when New York was heavy. It's, all, it's, it's two McDonald's All-Americans in my class. So it, that's tough. And um, so I, we do that. Then we go to what we do. We play everybody in high school. We, I, so my rival is Rice High School. Everybody know Rice High School in New York, but honestly, that's a powerhouse. You got your Edgar Sosa's, your, your, uh, you got everybody. Kimber Walker's, Chris Fouch, Durant Scott, Darvell. Uh, you got everybody, Kirk Kelly. You got everybody coming out of Rice. So that's like a big-time rival. It's been the big-time rival way before I got to high school. And it was just amazing how me, Jordan, Theodore, and Kimber Walker play, play with each other during during a whole AAU season, we together every day. Our family is together every day. Next thing you know, we playing against each other in high school. Like it, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, but that's that's how you become. That's how you become one of the top dogs in New York. You play against the top dogs. And Jordan is from New Jersey, but he was always always 
in New York. And um, so in high school, we gonna st- middle school, middle school also. So middle school, I went to I went to uh, Mount Carmel in, in Harlem. So I'm what twelve, thirteen, fourteen, traveling from Brooklyn to Harlem every day. This this is how I knew I loved basketball. I'm traveling every day, waking up early in the morning. My mother can't take me because she got to work. My step my my pops he just he he got to work. Nobody could take me. Nobody could take me. So I, I wait. I'm I'm up early. I'm up early all the time. And I just knew I was dedicated after that point. So at this point, they're like, yo, is Truck from Harlem? But all my real friends know I'm from Brooklyn. Like everybody just think that I'm from from uptown because I always played uptown between Mount Carmel and then I went to high school at St. Ray's in the Bronx. And that that was that was crazy too. That was challenging. I I had to wake up early every morning, 6:30, 6, 6 o'clock, 6:15, 6:30, whatever it was. I woke up every morning. 15, 16, 17 years old, traveling on the train, an hour and a half to school. So I already knew basketball was for me after that. I'm like, no, I'm dedicated. I'm going to do whatever I got to do school-wise, basketball-wise to, to 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 be the best I can be. And, I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. So I, I go to St. Ray's, it's, uh, and, and it was different because I'm from Brooklyn. Normally, when you're from Brooklyn, you go to a Brooklyn school, and that's it. Oh, truckers from Brooklyn. He's going to Bishop Lachlan or Lincoln. But for me, I wanted to be different. I don't want to do what everybody else do. And to be honest, it worked out for me. It worked out for me. Real talk. I just I, I'm not trying to be like everybody else. I, I I had like growing up, like in high school, you got to think about this. I played against Irvin Walker, Florida, Russ Smith, Louisville. Well, Irv Walker, Florida, and he's a professional basketball player. Russ Smith, Louisville, and he went to the NBA. Kimba Walker, superstar in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> the guards I had to play against, uh, Sylvan Landisberg, Lance Stevenson. Like, the guards I had to play against every day, it was just, that's, I think that's why, that's why we, we, we grinded so hard. We all watched each other journey. We all pushed each other. Every time we played against each other, we was just so competitive. And um, I mean that that's that was just that was crazy. That was like just playing against all those guards every night. Like it's no night off. Got Deron Lamb and and Shane Southwell and my teammates was Amari Lawrence and Kev Parham. But like we was we was competing against each other since we was young. So it was it was it was regular for us. So long story short, okay, now I commit to West Virginia. I get to West Virginia. This is a total culture shock. Like. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from the hood. I I barely even saw white people when I was in New York. Like that's what's crazy. Unless I went to Manhattan. So for me, it was a lot different. A culture change. Everything was different. I'm used to corner stores. I come to West Virginia. It's nothing here. My my. But uh, I made some some great relationships at West Virginia. Um, one of my best friends, Kevin Jones. Uh, we got Deshaun Butler, big bro. Wellington Smith, big bro. John Flowers, my bro. Like so, so it was it was crazy. My boy Joe Mazzula, now an assistant coach at uh, for the Celtics with Kemba Walker, which is crazy. That's crazy. And um, I don't know. So that's just it's just been a a, a crazy experience because you just never know. The basketball world is just so small. Everybody know each other. Everybody competed against each other. So it, the, the basketball is just a great thing. It has nothing to do with. 
I think this is why I would recommend basketball for all kids because you just build relationships. This has nothing. This is this gives you life skills besides learning how to work hard. You know, so I I get to I get to uh, West Virginia. I will never forget this. My first practice, me and Kev Jones, we roommates. Uh, we practice was three hours, and I'm talking about two hours of defense. Me and Kev, I think we finished practice about seven o'clock. We slept from about seven. I didn't shower, didn't do nothing. We both just got right in the bed, like in our, in our own bed, obviously. And I'm just like, yo, I don't know if we could get through this, bro. This is different, like. So that that was crazy for me, just adjusting from high school to college, and it was crazy. But okay, so freshman year, I had I have a a hell of a freshman year. I'm one of the top freshmen in the Big East. Sophomore year, I'm one of the top. Sophomores in the Big East, we end up making it to the Final Four, winning the Big East Championship in New York. That meant so much to me because that's where I'm from. Like that was everything for me to win the championship, the Big East Championship at home in New York. That would that was everything for me. My junior, year, so my sophomore year, I end up breaking my foot. I couldn't even play in the Final Four. That that killed me so much just because like I just wanted to be with my teammates out there to help them, and I I couldn't do it because I broke my foot. When I'm playing against everybody, your Isaiah Thomases, your John Walls, your Johnny Flynn's, we, your Corey Fishers, your Agasosas, we, we we played against everybody in the Big East, and it was it was it was good for me because I've been playing against these guys my whole life, really, and uh, it just was a crazy experience. So my my sophomore year, I break my foot. My junior year, I, I, I didn't have that good of a year. Um, obviously, I'm coming off injury. People for people who don't play basketball, that that might be the toughest. That might be the toughest to come off an injury, especially a real injury. Like I have a screw on my foot still to this day, so th- that's crazy. Like, so then my senior year, it's just me and Kev Jones left. It's me and Kev Jones left. We had we had Dennis Kalichla, one of my brothers forever, uh, and um, and seven freshmen. So for us to make, we were not that good that year, my senior year, but. We, we we got shit together. We got shit together for sure. We end up making... I made the NCAA tournament four years. Every year I was in college, I made the NCAA tournament. I think I'm actually one of the winningest players in school history. So for me, that's that's most important is winning. And um, along the journey, great coaches, Larry Harrison, Coach Martin, Coach Calhoun, um, Coach Hahn, Coach Billy Hahn, Coach Huggins. So... Had a great a great staff in college, and I love those guys still to this day, obviously, and uh, still talk to them. And but it was crazy. So I, ha- I have a great year. I mean, I have a great year, senior year. Um, average is seventeen a game. I'm all Big East. That that was ama- that was amazing for me. So now, okay, I graduate. We lose. We lose to. We lost in the NCAA tournament the first game. My okay, college career over. Now it's time to be a pro. This is when it got tricky. So I at first at first I got a I got an offer, a big time offer in Lithuania, but me not knowing nothing about overseas, I didn't take it. Which I should have. That's the only thing in my life that I think I regret. I think that's the only thing that I regret. And um so I end up not taking it. So I I didn't I didn't, I had another offer, I didn't take that. I end up going to the the G League. It's the G League now, but it's it, it was the D League back then when I got drafted. So I got drafted in the D League to play. But when, once I get there, 
I got Chris Douglas Roberts, Sean Singletary, Melvin Eli, like all vets on my team. I'm fresh out of college. My boy Chris Roberts, who I actually end up meeting down the road in Italy because me and him was backcourt mates in Italy. But it, it was cr it was crazy. So I end up going there. Okay, I get drafted high in the draft with, with the D-League team. Next thing you know, they're like, um, if we don't call your name, you're not on the team. They didn't call my name. I got cut. That's the first time I've ever been cut in my life. So I took that a little bit different. I'm like, all right, that's just motivation. I needed that. I needed that. Got cut from D-League team. Next thing you know, I said, all right, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this deal. I end up going to Austria. I said, I'm going to work my way back up to the top. So I go to I go to Austria. I go to Austria. I'm, hoop, I'm hooping. I'm getting 18 a game, four assists a game. I'm, I'm topping the league, as I should be. But I'm I'm topping the league. Next thing you know, the, this how this how funny Europe is. I have a hell of a year, but it's a low country that I played in. So I had to I take a I take a deal in Czech Republic, another low league. Now this is when it started getting tricky. So I took the deal in Czech Republic for some peanuts. I wasn't even getting no money at this time. So I take the deal. I said fuck it. I'm a, I'm gonna make them give me some money. I end up going to Czech Republic playing for Colleen and I and I led the league in scoring and I was just I was killing everybody. Next thing you know, now we're talking different. Now the next year, I get an offer in Italy. I end up going to Siena, played in Siena. I killed first team all league, first team all league at Siena. After that, now, now the deals start coming. I had about two, three deals. I had about two, three deals, I want to say, and then I end up going to Greece. I played, uh, which is actually one of my favorite places in the world. I end up... I end up going to Greece because y'all know y'all got to understand, like when we go overseas, we get paid and it's tax free place to live at and a car. So it's it's luxury for real. Great, great apartments and, and everything. So I end up going to Greece, which is one of my favorite places in the world. And um, I'm the lead. I end up I, it's Champions League. So this is one of the best leagues in Europe. So I'm like, damn, I, I arrived. I end up playing Champions League. I, I'm getting, but I never experienced this. I'm getting paid. I, I experienced getting paid two weeks late, but now I'm getting paid a month and a half, two months late. And I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't deal with that mentally. I, I, I have a daughter at this time, Valentina, my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter. I, she wasn't, she was, she wasn't here yet. And um, I'm like, man, I need my money. I, I'm not about to keep doing this. I'm the leading scorer of Champions League in the Greek league. So I'm doing what I have to do on the court, for sure, 100%. So then, okay, we come to agreement, because I'm pissed. I'm not getting my money. All right, I'm going to do what I want now, which I should have, I mean, I probably could have handled that situation a lot better. But I'm I'm young. I'm still learning. I'm like, fuck that. I'm doing what I want to do now, since they don't want to give me my money. Boom, boom, boom. Because like, you know in America, like if you have a job, you're getting paid on that date. Like in Europe, they just... Like, it's not okay. Like, it's not okay to just play with people money, especially when, when you have a family and people to take care of. And I just wasn't having it. So I end up going to, I end up signing in Hungary right after I left Greece to another Champions League in Sonok. And um, I, the GM signed me, not the coach. They had just got a new coach. The coach wasn't fucking with me. I was like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm not about to sit here and play around, man. I'm already pissed off that I had to leave Greece and not get my money. I'm not, but Sono, I'm not going to lie. Sono got some money. But um, so I end up leaving there. I end up playing in Finland to finish the season. 
I end up playing in Finland to finish the season with an American coach. And everybody knows it's, it's tough to get an American coach. That's like, that's a luxury to have an American coach. So he speak the same language as you, everything. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm like, damn, yeah, I'm going here for sure. My agent at the time, EJ Kushner, still my boy, still my boy. Uh, he's like, yeah, I think you should do it. I was like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. American coach, I'm with it. I end up going there. I'm, uh, I end up winning the championship, my first championship in Europe. Mind you, they was a Champions League too. So I've been on three Champions League teams in one year. It was crazy. I'm like, yo, this, y'all, I know they're going to look at this and be like, this guy's everywhere. But I, I mean, I ain't care. It was, it was about winning for me. And at the end of the day, I got a championship in Finland. So the next year, I end up, uh, I end up going to Qatar. And I actually in the, in the Middle East, I actually liked Qatar a lot. I just, I couldn't do it because every week something in the, something different in the house don't work. And I'm like, oh hell no. I'm like, and it's not like they fixed. If they was fixing it, I would have stayed in Qatar. They did not fix nothing. I said, right, I'm out of here. So I end up going home. This is when I just had my youngest daughter, Ava. I end up going home. I end up going home and uh actually no, my actually no, my uh my, my girlfriend was pregnant. My girlfriend at the time was pregnant and um with my youngest daughter, Ava. So I end up going home, you know what I mean, just chilling for a little bit, working out. Next thing you know, I get a call. They like Yo, um, you got an offer in Bulgaria. You trying to go? It's a Balkan League team. They play Balkan League and they play Bulgarian League. So I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, hell yeah. I've been at the crib for two months. I'm ready to go. So I end up, I end up going. I end up going. Um, I end up going. My girl is pregnant at the time. That's always tough to leave home. That's the, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing for me about playing overseas is leaving my kids. Like, that's that's tough. I mean, I love being with my kids. Who wouldn't want to be with their kids? I mean, I know I'm making a sacrifice, making money for the family, but it's all about spending time with my kids because, I mean, that's that's the only thing you have is family. So uh, I end up going to Bulgaria. I end up winning a Balkan League championship and the Bulgarian League championship. So I won two championships as soon as I got there. And, um... As far as funny story is my brother for life, Keith Clinton. He played on my team in Greece. He was he actually ended up being on that team in Bulgaria. So I was perfect. Like me and him together every day, like always. And it was just good to have somebody that I know around. And um so I ended up doing that. The next year, the next year I end up going to Georgia. This and I'm sorry for everybody who listening, but by far the worst country I've ever been to in my life. Like everything about it. Everything about it, except for my apartment. My apartment was nice as hell, but everything about it. And I'm just, I'm there for like a month and a half, and I'm just like, yo, I can't even do this. I'd rather, sp- I'd rather spend time, <laughs> spend time with my kids than to do this shit. So I left. I left. I went home. I spent time with my family. I get a call. Yo, you want to go to Uruguay to play? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Some good money, good times. Uh, my boy Rick Jackson, who I actually played against in the Big East, he did. So that 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 makes it a no-brainer for me. My boy is there. Oh yeah, I'm going, and I'm going there having a a a hell of a hell of a season to finish off. And um, averaging like 22 a game, 22 a game. We just missed the playoffs by a little bit. That's the only thing I was pissed about. But it was just it was just good to be back playing. So then last year, 
It got tricky last year. Shit got tricky last year. I'm getting offers. I'm getting low offers. And I'm like, yo, I'm not doing, ah, no way. I'm not going for that amount of money. Hell no. Nah. I'd rather, I'd rather stay home and, and get some money than, than, go, than go play for that amount of money. I'd rather be home with my family than to go do that. So I stay home last year. It's my first year, seven, eight years. I haven't, I haven't played. So, I mean, it was crazy. A hell of an experience, though. I got to see my little brother. I had a great time, by the way. I, I got to see my little brother finish his senior year of high school. Finish his senior year of high school. That was crazy. I got to see my daughters the whole year. And I mean, that to be honest, that was one of my best years of my life just to be home and chill. But now I'm right back to it and I'm applying pressure. So everybody who's talking to me about this one on one shit and everything that's going on, y'all be careful because I'm, I'm, I'm right there now. I'm, trust me, be careful. Watch what you say to Truck Bryant because I'm not fucking around. That's one thing for sure. Two things for certain not fucking around but i just wanted to tell y'all a little a little bit about me uh, uh i came a long way i used to be a five man and i'm a point guard now like do you know how much hard work and dedication that took like that's that's tough that's tough but it's the only thing i wanted to let y'all know man i know i always do the interviews and y'all don't even know well y'all know who i am obviously but now y'all really know who i am and y'all know the journey the grind all the hard work it took this truck Brian, aka Mr. Unmatched. And this episode, <laughs> this episode is actually kind of funny because I decided to do an episode on myself. I didn't want nobody to interview me. I just wanted to talk and tell y'all a little bit about my story. So when you when because a lot of people, oh, truck, play this guy one on one, play this. I'm really like that. Like, are you dumb? Like, I'm really like that. Like, all big east, three championships in Europe. I'm not trying to toot my horn, but like. You got to have confidence when you're in this game of basketball. If not, it's a big problem. And I got confidence. So when y'all talk to me about playing and hooping, like, come on, man. I'm like that. My name should be Mr. Like That. You get that? <laughs> Episode dropping in a minute. Are you dumb? It is Truck Bryant, a.k.a. Mr. Unmatched. Y'all know what's really going on, right? Like... That's what's crazy, right? I be having all these NBA players, right? But y'all got to understand what's really going on. Like, I know them personally. Like, do, do you think that they will all tap in if I wasn't good in basketball? Like, no. I'm elite in basketball. That's why they all tap in. Like, I mean, love is love. And y'all know it's just work. I'm always working. Got to get, gotta get shit together. Always working. But today, on this episode, it's a special one. This is a New York legend. He from Brooklyn, just like me. Played on the same middle school team in basketball. Like, my family know his family. We're going to have Russ Smith that went to Louisville. Louisville legend. <laughs> that's tough. But when he start talking in third person, that's how I know when it get crazy. Because when he say, Russ Dickless do this or Russ Dickless do that, that's the funniest shit ever, man. It is Truck Brian, a.k.a. Mr. Unmatched. And you know what? Y'all really know what's going on. I ain't got to tell you at this moment. Like, y'all know what's going on with me, right? <laughs> y'all know. But tonight, I'm going to have Devontae Graham, who should be the real most improved player. Like, he averaged four points last year. He averaged 18 this year. Like, 
what game winners like. We not gonna do that because y'all know we not doing that. Like y'all, y'all know what he do. The only thing I don't like about him is that he he beat West Virginia too much for my liking. That's the only thing I don't like. But it's my dog. I'll let it slide.